Welcome to Reflections of Kings. I'm Kamafi. And I'm Jabril. We are a group of young black boys that talk about issues in our community. We are interviewing Denzel Mitchell, Deputy Director for Farm Alliances of Baltimore. Can you tell us about your work? Yeah. Um, the uh, Farm Alliance is a, um, a collective uh, network of 16 urban farms located in Baltimore City, as well as three community gardens. The uh, organization was founded in 2012 um, and uh, originally spearheaded by an OS, a woman who gained the OSI fellowship. Um, her name was Maya Kosuk. Um, and our work um, is primarily around supporting urban agriculture here in Baltimore City, um, collective marketing, um, policy work, advocacy uh, around land ownership and uh, water usage, um, educating new farms, uh, supporting the farms that are in the city, and uh, um, building and creating new farms and farmers um, in Baltimore City. Um, and so as a deputy director, I am uh, one of three employees. I'm the second in charge under the executive director, who is Maria Strauss. She's been the executive director for three years. And um, I work primarily on assisting the farms technically, like teaching, teaching and working with them on how to do things on the farm specifically, and then also around member services. So um, making deliveries for the farm, uh, distributing um, funds or uh, um, um, items that we've purchased, purchased for the farms, supporting the farms, making sure that they continue to operate um, and grow. Um, which has been specifically important in this during this pandemic, um, when we saw a lot of farms are, were struggling because they didn't have volunteers, or they were unable to find markets to 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 uh, sell their their product to. So um, I do do a lot of different things every single day. In a lot of ways, um, it's very similar to farming, you know, which which prepared me and uh, uh, gave me the skill set to be able to support farms in this way. Why did you choose this type of work? <laughs> I chose this type of work because um, I like food. Um, I've always been really interested in food and farming. Um, I grew up uh, learning how to grow food. Uh, my my uh, both both of my grandparents were were very very avid gardeners. They had uh, huge gardens and and. Um, and even tended uh, some fruit trees. My mom was a gardener. Um, and uh, about the time that I was y'all's age, I st started to think that I wanted to be uh, a chef, that I wanted to sp spend my time working in kitchens. <clears throat> and so I spent a lot of my, my free time um, and a lot of my academic time uh, learning about um, farming, food, um, culinary history, culinary, the culinary arts, and um, how to run a, 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 a restaurant. So that, that, was, that was what I spent a lot of my time doing from about the age of 12, 13, until I was about um, 23, 24. Um, so, you know, I spent about 10 years actually farming, um, as, and I 
and along the way I spent probably about 12 to 15 years being in kitchens, working in a bunch of different restaurants, working in kitchens. I used to run my own food businesses. So food is really something that I love. You know, it's, it's really about community. It's about history. It's about bringing people together um, to the table to sit down and eat. You know, those are the, all the things that really bring me joy. What does the Farmer Alliances do to help the of Baltimore to help the community? Um, so we support urban farms. So we make sure that the urban farms that are operating in the city um, can operate successfully. They operate efficiently, and they op they operate in a way that's well supported. Um, you know, urban farming is is kind of a new concept. It's an old concept, but for many people it's a new concept. And many governments, many, many government institutions are um, not as uh, constructive or uh, positive towards urban farming in all the ways that they could be. They're not as, as supportive and helpful. And so one of the things that I do and that the Farm Alliance does is to make sure that somebody is advocating for urban agriculture as it you know as it relates to every sector of the city you know the department of rec and parks department of housing um the department of planning uh, you know the import there's tons of research that that talks about how important it is for there to be green space in the city and how having trees and and grass make people feel good and give give kids a place to play um but then also just basically the basic skill of like learning how to grow your own food, um, knowing how to grow a carrot, knowing how to grow a tomato, um, knowing the difference between a leek and a scallion. Um, you know, these are all skills that, um, you know, I want to make sure that I pass beyond beyond myself. And it was, um, I used to farm out in Baltimore County outside of the city and it was really difficult to um, share that knowledge with, with other people because, you know, we lived so far away, so far out of the city. And so being here in the city and, and having access, being able to go to schools and, uh, you know, work, work with after, after school groups, all that kind of stuff, you know, has just made the work a little bit more accessible. And then supportive to farms that were already that are already in the city that are in a lot of folks neighborhoods you know that they see every day and they may maybe not know what's going on there can you actually explain to us what urban farming is sure um, so urban farming is um, producing food commercially inside a city a city type of setting so you know generally when we think about farms we see you know massive plots of land, you know, rolling hills, you know, these like long straight row crops, rows of crops that might be two, three hundred feet long. You know, a lot of times you think about big tractors, you think about, um, maybe you think about horses, maybe you think about a, a, a horse and a plow, you know, it just depends on what your, what your, um, your vision, what, you know, how you see a farm in your head. Um, but urban farming is something that has, has been practiced, you know, nonstop in a lot of ways, really since the, uh, the um, since cities have been built. But, but it, you know, we saw this new resurgence 
of uh, urban farming in the 1940s with Victory Gardens. So essentially when um, the United States was expending resources and sending people overseas to go fight wars in Europe, um, the folks that were here in the United States, um, just like in, in many other cities that were engaged and embroiled in war, were having to figure out ways to produce food on very, very small pieces of property. So in their yards, on their, you know, on their rooftops, in an empty lot. So, so urban farming is basically growing food where you are. So if you live in the city and you know there's a little plot of land right next to you, then you're growing, growing food there for your family, your friends, your community, um, you know, and all the folks you're, you're connected to. So, uh, you know, we started growing food for ourselves um, as an adult, you know, as, as an urban farmer, I started growing food for myself in 2008. And then around 2010, I started growing food for uh, my community. So we had a, a group of friends and folks that were in our network that we were growing food for them as well, and it just kind of developed from there. But we, you know, we, but it all stayed within the, the bounds of the city limits for, for years. How is urban farming helping the access of black and brown people in the city? That's a great question. Um, so <clears throat> it, so it doing, it's doing a lot of things. One, uh, you know, it's, it's reteaching a skill set that a lot of black and brown people, black people specifically, even more specifically, people of African descent or people who are the descendants of slaves, um, have kind of have a negative connotation or negative connection to, right? Many black people see farming and growing food and working out in the soil um, as being the work of slaves. And so now that slavery is ended, that's work that we shouldn't, shouldn't be doing. But one of the things that um, my type of farming or the type of farming that I've, that I've been doing, um, one, of, one of the things that we learn is that um, learning how to grow your own food creates a certain type of freedom and independence and sovereignty for yourself and for your family. So even if you get into a bind where you're not working or you know your income isn't what it's supposed to be, if you have some land, you got some water, you have access to some seed, then you can you can grow some food for yourself. Um, then it's also you know the food system in this country is very complicated. It has a lot of moving parts. It's got a lot of moving pieces. Um, and in agriculture, the basic practice of producing food, whether it be eggs, honey, beef pork, chicken, watermelons, carrots, tomatoes, you know, is a, is a skilled labor. It's, it's, it's skilled, you know, you need to, there's a bunch of things that you need to know in order to be able to produce. Um, but then the other thing is like knowing how to work on refrigeration, knowing how to drive trucks, knowing packaging, knowing marketing. Um, knowing how to run a business. Um, you know, there's so many aspects that, you know, a person can get involved in and learn learn about and then use that to work in some other sector of, um, of, of, the, of the workplace. And so, you know, I spent a lot of 
the time that I used farming and I, I was able to use that as a teacher and I was able to, to work with kids in after school programs and work on gardens and um, you know run a little landscaping business and t or teach my sons how to run a landscaping business or even more so teach my sons to run their own business you know branch off and create their own businesses so one of my sons had a lemonade business for many years and another another one you know is a photographer and he um, he takes you know he does bookings for pictures and edits and now that's you know one of my other sons you know is a filmmaker and um, has a um, you know has has you know, learned his own skill set, but the basics of like learning how to um, work with people, create uh, transactions, and uh, you know, just be accountable, be on time. You know, all of that. You know, he got from from farming with me. You know, there's a lot of time that he spent just working out in the fields with me. So that's one thing. The other thing is, you know, in Baltimore specifically, you know, there's tons of land and tons of of. Uh, Lots that are abandoned, you know, and then they turn into dumping grounds. You know, the grass gets overgrown, it attracts rats, and it looks ugly. You know, there's lots of neighborhoods that are like that. Um, and so for a lot of people, if they have, they are empowered with the ability and the tools and the know-how to be able to take that piece of property and turn it into something beautiful that now they care about and, and folks are happy to walk past and, and look at and they're happy for it to be a part of their neighborhood, that's another thing that kind of shifts the the um, relationship to the land and relationship to your neighborhood inside the city. Um, the other thing is just like basic food education, right? You know, a lot of times we, we, um, we're very, very, you, we're creatures of habit, right? We go to the grocery store and we might only eat the same 20, 20 things. A lot, of, a lot of times that's what the case is for a lot of people is that they only eat maybe the same 15 or 20 things when you think about it. <clears throat> um, but when, you know, when you have access to farmers and you learn how to grow food, now you, you uh, increase your palate and you're more in, inclined to try some other, some other foods. Um, you know, and, so, and then that increases your ability to prepare certain foods. Um, you know, one of the things that got, got us into farming, or got me into farming specifically, was learning how to, to uh, make preserves. So um, pickling, making, actual, making pickles, making relishes, making jellies, jams, sauerkraut, um, kimchi. You know, these are all methods, traditional methods from all, all around the world to be able to hold your um, harvest, your bounty that you harvested when it was nice, nice outside when it was warm, but then when the weather changes and it gets cold, you know, you still need something to eat. You know, we in um, industrialized society, we depend on the grocery store for that. But before all of this existed, you know, we were responsible for that to be, you know, being able to feed ourselves in the winter on our own. And the way you do that is by making applesauce, making apple butter, making jellies, making jam, um, growing certain type of cabbages that could be stored over the winter, winter squash, sweet potatoes, like learning how to cure sweet potatoes so that you can harvest them in September, but you still can be eating those same sweet potatoes that you harvest in September, in February. You know, so it just, it gets to be really complicated and that's, you know, but that's a skill set that, you know, in a society like this, where there's giants everywhere and Whole Foods and CVS and corner stores and stuff like that, people forget, they don't know how to do it, you know. But, um, 
you know, it's, it's, a, it's an important skill. You know, we even see now in the midst of this pandemic where we have, everybody's having to walk around with masks and, you know, we can't get into stores and we can't go to restaurants and stuff like that. You know, what should we be doing with our time? What's important? You know, what kind of skills do we need to, uh, to survive? And so, you know, farming, hunting, fishing, beekeeping, um, raising chickens, you know, these all... Um, necessary skills and in case you know if things go crazy you know you have some way that you can take care of your, yourself and your family how can urban farms and more neighborhoods help more people become healthy um well i mean the first thing obviously is it you know helps to clean up the neighborhood so it makes the neighborhood less dangerous <clears throat> because people care more about where they live. They love where they live. That's the first thing. You know, and so, you know, if, you know, we all know that these these green spaces make people just generally off the top make people feel better, right? So they feel better about where they live. They feel feel better about the people that they come in contact with. They feel better about what type of potential um, their neighborhood has. You know, it's, it's very depressing and upsetting, you know, to walk around in any neighborhood and all you see is blight and trash and litter and dump and, you know, and, and violence and destruction. That's really difficult. It's especially difficult for young people. But the second thing is, you know, the more um, plants that are around, the cleaner the, the environment, the cleaner the atmosphere is. You know, you guys all know that um, trees, um, you know, filter bad stuff out of the um, out of the environment and then give back oxygen. And so, you know, having trees and having those kind of green spaces in in our neighborhoods is, are important as well. And you know, for many many years, the folks, and oftentimes it wasn't black folks, but the folks that were planning the way a city should look weren't necessarily thinking about that, right? They were thinking about how can they get more people into a much smaller space, not necessarily thinking about how to um, create some, some places of nature within side neighborhoods. You know, the way cities generally are designed is like you have to go to a park, you know, and if you're lucky enough to live near a park, one, your house is going to be super, super expensive, but, you know, it's only accessible to those people that live right there. Um, but then, like I said, the other thing is, you know, it's like school... Um, only teaches us so much, and it oftentimes doesn't teach us very, very practical skills. You know, one of the things that this that this country does really well is um, sends us to school and teaches us a bunch of stuff that we really can't use as adults. And it's like, you know, I you know I didn't learn how to garden, I didn't learn how to farm, I didn't learn how to grow food at school. You know, that's what I learned from my from my people, from my mom, my dad, my grandparents, you know, my aunts and uncles. You know, but this is a skill that I've continued to use the rest of my life. It's like also like the skill of like using a knife. Um, you know, how many, you know, could you pick up a, a butcher's knife and, uh, and, um, and, and chop up some carrots and onions, right? No. You know, but, this, but you're going to be an adult one day and you're going to have to feed your family. It's just like that's the skill you need to learn. And, you know, schools don't teach that kind of stuff. And so, um, you know, I think it's important that, like, this kind of develop and this kind of relationship and education in the food system is super important because, you know, it just creates better adults. You know, it makes us makes us more in tune with what we're eating, how we're eating. Um, we, you know, we, we then use less plastic, which creates less pollution, which is also um, better for the environment, but then also better for our bodies, like we're just eating better. 
So, um, you know, so urban farming has a lot of connections and people don't always see, see those connections. You know, farming um, at whatever scale you're farming at is a business, right? That's what farming is. You know, the, the difference between gardening and farming is that a farmer is running a business. Like, their goal, their task is to produce food for a bunch of people and then sell it and then make a profit. Whereas a gardener is tending to plants, maybe tending to vegetable crops, maybe tending to decorative plants, maybe even tending to plants that are in the house for their enjoyment. And, you know, those are both very, very important skills. There's a lot of, of um, um, intersection in those skills, but the difference is as a farmer is that you're here to run a business. And so, um, you know, you can run any type of business if you can run a, if you can run a farm, right? Because all the, all the, the task and the, the specifics of running a business are still there. And you also have to tend crops and, you know, the crops never rest. They, you know, they never go to sleep. Chickens, and, and pigs and cows and stuff like that never go to rest. Like, you can't take a vacation if you got to fill the cows out, out, you know, out on, on pasture. You know, they need to be watered every day. They need to be moved around every day. You need to make sure they get fed. Um, you know, and you are tending them as a, uh, as a business, you know. You know, they got to get, they got to go to slaughter. They got to get cut up. Um, and then you got to, you know, and then you got to sell them. So you got to take care of them just like you would take care of a tomato plant. So it gets, gets to be really complicated. And I think that, um, you know, this is a way to make business very, very accessible and um, a way to make it relatable to, to, to young people right inside the classroom. You know, and I just think that uh, schools don't do it, have never done a good job of that. That was a long answer. <laughs> did, did I ask you a question? Yes. All right, okay. My name's Kamathi. And I'm Jabril. And I would like to thank, thank the, Mr. Denzel Mitchell for coming out and letting us interview him. And this is Reflection of the King. And stay tuned for the next podcast. Thanks for having me.